0: To episode 39 of T. Or Books. I'm Simon. I'm Rachel. And we have a special guest. Introduce yourself, please. Uh,
1: this is Jenny from Reading the End. We have a special guest. Yay! Yay!
0: Super exciting. Jenny's in, in London, so we, we are doing uh, Reading the End, Yes or No. And Daddy Legs by Gene Webster versus Amit Green Gables by L. M. Montgomery. Uh, before we get into any of that, let's talk about. Jenny is, <laughs> what this podcast is but all the, <laughs> the many people I'm assuming Jenny's brought to the table. Yeah, thousands and <laughs> thousands, yeah. Um, and, yeah, what we're reading. I think before fun, Rachel, if you tried to explain what the podcast is, yeah, because I'm never it. quite sure that you know, I
1: understand Rachel is always the most prepared of you two. So.
2: I don't enjoy this mockery. Um, <laughs> you love it. So, how we normally do things is we start off by pitting a general topic. Um, against uh i'm looking at simon anxiously. <laughs> um we start by talking about a general topic that's set up as a and whether we want to do something or we want to do something else so like for example today it's on endings we've done things like um female authors writing about men and male authors writing about women um and then the second part of the podcast will pick two specific books against each other or sometimes two specific authors against each other so we go from the general she specific. That was very good. Yeah. I can
1: tell you're a teacher. It's almost like
0: you've heard podcast before. I like I am. Impressed. Jenny, who are you? Tell us about
1: that. Yeah. Um, I blog at Reading the End, and I have a podcast with my friend who is also called Jenny, um, the Reading the End Bookcast, um, and I'm on holiday in London, so Simon and Rachel have so kindly let me um, parachute into their podcast <laughs> <laughs> to talk about books and spoilers.
0: And it's also the first time we've ever recorded face-to-face, which is kind yeah. an unnerving experience. Yeah, Simon and Rachel. <laughs> Simon and Rachel
1: have never met before. So, this is- <laughs> <laughs>
0: so now if you can formally introduced by Jenny, we can talk to
1: you <laughs> I think it's really going to do good things.
0: Yes. And I just wish we had Whiskey Jenny here as well.
1: I know. Yeah. Oh, she'd be so thrilled. She'd be so excited. No,
0: obviously you're great, but is she actually the nicest person in the world, Yes, she seems on the podcast. Yes, I can
1: confirm that Whiskey Jenny is in fact the nicest person in the world. And when I'm trying to think about whether I want to do something or not do something, I think, well, would the nicest person in the world, my friend Whiskey Jenny, do this thing? And then I try to be guided by that. So it's like the
0: WWJD bands of yesterday. <laughs> yeah. What would Whiskey Jenny do? WWJD. <laughs> yeah, exactly like that. Let's start with, well, let's start with what books we've bought today, actually, since we've all just seen bookshopping. Okay? Um, Rachel made a little itinerary for us of yes. this is the visit.
1: Yes, Rachel's been a really excellent cruise director. Thanks very our much. Thanks.
0: London. Yes. <laughs> um, London, Rachel, to go.
2: Yeah, I really am good at doing tours. Um, <laughs> so, if I don't say so myself. So we started off in a bookshop that I hadn't actually been to before. I found it online, so I can't claim to have known about that. But it's in, just by Chalk Farm Chief Station, the name of which I Waltons. can't remember. Thank you so much. Golden books. I don't do notes. <laughs> these these two losers have got books of notes. So I'm just doing it off the top of my head.
1: Um,
2: and it's it was quite a small shop, but lovely. And it had a really big outside area with lots of paperbacks and things. And we found a lot of treasures, Persephone books. Um, we were a bit sad though because the one best... of us was
1: a bit sad. One of us thinks the rest of us were a bit morbid. I was
2: sad because we think that the books were owned by somebody who might have died because they were all owned by the same person, or possibly my positive Positive outlook is maybe they've just moved to Australia and had to leave their books behind Yeah, Rachel,
1: we don't think the person died (laughs) Rachel thinks the person died I think the person just decided to call her book collection down Hello. In fact, Kath, if you're listening, thanks very much. Because
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, let, let's face it, someone likes Persephone books, no. they
1: might be listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. doing any podcast, if your this name one. is if your name is Kath and you've gotten rid of a bunch of Persephone books within the last maybe year,
2: to a bookshop in the ca- in the Chalk Farm area, then um get in, get
1: them thanks so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, they've been picked up and appreciated.
2: Um, so we had a nice poke around in there. I didn't buy anything. I was good. Simon did buy things, <laughs> even though he said he wasn't going to. Oh, oh,
1: right. So, oh, yeah, I, I, Well,
0: I found The Pelicans by Ian Dahlfield, which is very hard to find, and I don't have it. And I've only got like 10 books by her I've not read, so I needed <laughs> to get another one. Um, I also bought a book by Bede West, which I called Country Notes, I think. So I'm now up to the end of June on Broadway 24. <laughs> so, um, I need to have some sort of like car accident, so I'm just like incapacitating company. <laughs> Um, to books, oh, like, just a or, or, no or just self control. <laughs> 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 Any of the Um So I, I did buy this too I bought a few others in Shropshire last week as well. Um, so I was doing really well until then. I was ahead of or behind or whichever way means I was doing well. Whereas now, yeah, I just need to not, not leave the house for a while. <laughs>
1: Yeah, and I definitely can't find any new books for the rest of the year. We're all sitting here looking at my stack of books. But while I've been in London, it's quite... It's well, there's quite a fun. lot of books.
2: Yeah, there's a lot. I mean, no, there's actually a lot of books.
0: We're looking at counting, counting.
1: i brought 22 22 books I've been in. That's, That's almost funny, a
2: yearly yeah. allowance for to use. <laughs> Shocking. Well,
0: the isn't last it? time I in America, I think I bought 26 at that time. So yeah, you've got there to...
2: you go. But you've got to think about exchange rate, you know. Um, <laughs> and then afterwards, we went to Hampstead because Jenny hadn't been to Hampstead, and I thought, well, she can't come to London and not go to Hampstead. So we went to the Bookshop of Death on Flask Walk, <laughs> um, which is inexplicably the ent- has the entirety of the fiction section taken up by boxes, so you can't access it. Yet the other parts of the bookshop filled with books that no one wants to read (laughs) are left empty which is strange but we could access the penguin paperbacks Mm -hmm. so I bought a couple and um now trying to remember what they were um I got friends and relations by Elizabeth Byrne and which I have already read um but I didn't have a copy and um Da- the Daughter in time? Daughter of Off-time. Time Daughter of Time by Josephine Tay, who i which I've wanted to read for ages. And, oh, it's good. And it's a nice green, Oh, that's what you were. Green that's, tay- right. that's what I I, <laughs> yeah.
0: I I went to my usual rant about Richard the Third and how everyone needs to stop going on about him just him back into the car fire and about I still maintain it's not Richard the Because I just got that guy come out of the woodwork and be like, oh, I'm a descendant of Richard III third and his DNA matches mine. He probably just killed his brother and buried him and that was the way he was getting out of it. <laughs> no, I'm not technically a forensic scientist <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah but your story holds up
0: yeah thank you very much um i didn't buy anything in that bookshop in intend was good that time
1: Smog. yeah <laughs> um well i did buy something in that bookshop i bought it but it was a, a, a charity really uh i bought a book for my mother to read on the plane i bought a copy yeah. of return of the king which she's been wanting the whole time we've been in london and every bookstore i've gone into has not had it so, far. so that's amazing oh yeah.
2: and we went to the oxland bookshop as well in hampstead which is very good Highly recommended for people visiting. Yes, excellent. Um, I got uh, three books
1: in not I? did? Oh, Simon yeah. Bully to buy them. Yeah, books. Simon actually
2: forced me, me to buy them. <laughs> so really, it's his fault. I bought two E.H. E- Young, so I've got Miss Mole and Chatterton Square, which I wanted to get anyway because Scott at Farrow M- Middlebrow has put them on his um, top... I think they're in the top ten, actually, mm. those ones, um, of his must-read Middlebrow selection. So um, I got that. And,
0: and in fact, we might be doing those on the, up- on the next episode of two. Yes, okay. depending on how fast I can read them. And
2: I also got a selection, of, what was the AA Milne once, once a week. Once a week. Um, so I can't remember what I thought. So, so I have <laughs> actually got quite a good memory, normally. Um, and it's just a selection of essays and funny sketches, I suppose, of AA Milne. And seeing as Simon's always banging on about how
0: good AA
1: Milne is, I thought I ought to try.
0: They're very fun, they are, from his early days working for Punch um, in the 1910s, I think.
1: Naturally! Because of Simon, I badgered one of my uh, my friends who's with me on this London trip into getting The Red House Mystery, which she had never heard of, but I had because Simon was so hot on it a few years ago.
0: Which is a brilliant detective novel. Yeah. Excellent.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: what are you reading Monday? What, do, you, do you set aside special like reading things for holidays?
1: Um, I do, but since I've bought a thousand books since I've been here, I haven't really stuck to my reading. <laughs> um, but I'm reading 23 Things They Don't Tell You About Capitalism by ha Chen. Chan. Um, Rachel,
0: the uh, podcast has
2: got a lot classier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is getting a bit intellectual.
1: <laughs> well, um, Anna, who blogs that Things Mean a Lot, uh, reviewed it a while back and I had it on my list, but I, it sounded very sort of like uh, over my head. So I haven't, <laughs> it's taken me a few years to actually get around to it, but it's pretty good. It's, I, I, I mostly understand what's, what's going on. They said something I thought was really interesting in it, which is that, um, people who propose, people who promote a free market, um are actually just ignoring all the things that make the market unfree they're not counting the things as regulations that they're taking for granted like immigration control is a major market right. regulation this book says which i never thought of before no, but you. it's most obviously true if the borders were open everyone would come in and work for low wages and that would be much more free market but they don't and no one wants them to brexit
0: <laughs> <I> curse you <laughs> sorry to our i listened to yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> you, you 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 shouldn't support brexit though yeah, so it's really interesting. I think I'm going to learn a lot uh, if I can continue to understand uh, what he, he's talking about. What are you guys really reading?
2: Um, well, I've just finished um, Long Live Great Barfield, which, by Terza Garwood, who's the wife of um, Eric Ravilius, mid-century British artist, and that's just been published by Persephone. It's really, really good. It's an autobiography, so, um, and I love the artist, and I love all of that um, circle, so that's really interesting. And I did just read another book as well really quickly and I can't remember what it is. But I'm now reading... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, so I've for an awful <laughs> memory. I read books too quickly and I'm now reading... Um...
0: It's a strand, I see. Cool.
2: Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm now reading um, a book but I can't remember. <laughs> you reading a book. I see. I'm And reading
0: a book. <laughs> you read tea. Um, I, read.
2: I am. It's wonderful. Um... It's, your name know what it's called. It's well, by... I need more clues than this. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Helen Zeller something. No, no, not
0: so quiet.
2: Yeah, so Helen Zeller, Smith. Yeah, <laughs> Helen Zeller Smith. um, Not so quiet. It's a book about ambulance drivers during Model One. so it's very good so That's far. But I've only about 30 pages in, but I'm enjoying it.
0: Which I believe is a sort of repost or well, not riposte, but something to walk out on the Western Front. I believe so, yeah, yes. It's very,
2: run. it's kind of, you know, one of those angry books written just after the war where people, um, maybe even written during the war, I'm not sure when it was, I think it was published in 1918, but it might have been written beforehand. Um, so yeah, it's quite brutal, but good. Really enjoying it.
0: I, had a, I still have a copy of that, because I tried to return it to someone who lent it to me, and they said they never heard of it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so either someone lent it to me, and they never got it back, and they got the wrong in my mind, or I bought it myself. Anyway. It's
2: hard to get hold of. Oh, do you know what, I just remembered the book I read in two days. Um, Anything is possible by Elizabeth Strout, which has just come out in the UK. I don't know if it's been out. No, in the you US. love
1: Elizabeth Strout. No,
2: well, I've, this is the first book I've read of hers. I've kept meaning to read about her, uh, read her books because you don't like her, do you? No, I don't have
1: an opinion it of her. I just feel like you and I were at the Strand one time and you bought a book by Elizabeth Strout. You know, if like, happen. that happened happened, that never happened.
2: But I was just blown away by how great it was, and then I told everyone at work about it, and they were like, "Why is it so great?" And I, I just can't, I can't explain why. It yeah. was just such a fantastic book. Hmm. I just loved her writing. I was completely sucked into it. And Good. yeah, amazing. Highly recommended. it <laughs> um, it just came back to me. It's because I literally read it in two days, so it was like a didn't register as a book I was reading. Oh sure. Yeah. Um sure.
0: Oh. <laughs> 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 Well, I'm reading Persuasion, uh um, Jane, Jane Austen um, which is for my book group on Wednesday. I I read all of Jane Austen when I was eighteen, um in preparation for an in interview for Octavity. Uh, Someone told me, you must have read everything by one author, so you can talk about that. And I thought, who didn't write very much? (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I didn't really like this version very much when I was 18, but now that I am four years older than dried up, washed up spinster and Elliot, (laughs) 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 um, (laughs) I'm probably ready to go to go. And I only started on the train on the way here, so I'm only about 30 pages in. So far, um, obviously, well, unsurprising at least, loving it. Um, I love
3: Persuasion.
0: You yeah. do? Yeah, well, we um, don't important to me. I think um, when I was 18, I read them for how funny they were, and maybe now I'm going to read them for that and other things. Feelings. Yeah, That's for funny. feelings.
2: Persuasion <laughs> is definitely one that gets better as you get older. Emma is my favourite. I love Emma as well. Emma and Persuasion tie for me in the top position. I mean, I couldn't decide, if you put a gun to my head, I'd make a decision, <laughs> I'm sure. But.
1: I think, so I like Emma and Pride and Prejudice the best, and it just depends on what day you catch me, which one I'm in the mood for that yeah. day. I don't think I have a real favourite.
0: And i Pride right, and Prejudice and Sense and Sensibility. Oh, to... oh
2: Sense and Sensibility. I
0: mean, please. Let's, <laughs> let's not say things we don't mean about a book that has Mr. and Mrs. Palmer in. Right? Who are excellent. <laughs> Mansfield Park. We can all agree, is no one's favourite. I actually really like Mansfield.
1: No, <laughs> yes, I do. Maybe I do. Stop it, Jenny. <laughs> I do. I quite like Mansfield. No know, one likes I do. it. <laughs> I know. I know. Fanny is terrible, but I don't know. Somehow, I find it really satisfying to read. I think the thing is, um, she made not Wickham what's the Wickham character in, in the Henry Crawford thank like, you Henry Crawford she made him terrific she, like, yes no the Crawfords are great the Crawfords are fantastic I mean it's a
2: great book it's just yeah. got a really rubbish heroine
1: yeah she's
0: garbage I mean I didn't even mind her so much as like the oh who should I marry I guess this guy is not technically my brother I'm right.
2: I'm <laughs> and then him in the end like the last chapter he's like "Well, I've spent the entire book not really noticing yeah. you or liking yeah. you at all but hey now I love you let's get married because the girl I did love doesn't love me back I
1: mean off. Yeah, I mean the romance is not good, well, but yeah. I but I do enjoy the Crawfords enough that it I, I like that. Mansfield Park is maybe in my second tier.
0: But can we talk about how the romance in Emma is trash? Yeah, it's not. No, really
2: I'm sorry, I love Mr. Knightley. <laughs> I love him. But he's love like seven hundred years older than Emma. Yeah.
0: That's and not the point. And he's like, I remember craving you as a baby. Yeah, that's Yeah, that's he when, time time
1: time when time. he was a teenager, come on. It's okay. totally fine. Okay, well let's see you if went when school. when <laughs>
3: Let me know, I hope we can
0: cut that right. <laughs> 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 um, um, anything more to say? Well, I have, to <laughs> move on. Um, I was on holiday last week and I read six books in six days, well which done. was It's
1: impressive.
0: Um, my favourite of which was Beverly Neckles. Um, you're you're big. So right in now. now, and I can't remember what it's called Sunlight on the Grass, Sunlight on the Lawn. Day-day.
2: Those <laughs> are two different things. <laughs> I'm not the only one with a rubbish memory, then, clearly. <laughs> but I read it in a day. <laughs> um,
0: it's the third in this Mary Hall trilogy, which I have read very quickly. And In fact, it's one of my Project 24 books, because I had the first two, and I read them I couldn't face, not immediately reading really well, the third one. You well, know, that's fair enough. Um, and it's, yeah, it's just so lovely and fun. But I also read um, one of the more interesting ones was a biography of John Krast, who... who I must have heard of it at some point when I got this book, but um, my, actually my friend gave it to me. But I think it was on my Amazon wishlist list before that. And he was a sailor who took up painting and uh, <laughs> embroidery <laughs> after, after he had developed, or after uh, some sort of breakdown. Oh. Um, and he was he was discovered by Terry Townsend Warner and bound out. Oh, here Hechlen. we go. And. <laughs> I'm assuming that when I read The of Seven Times of Water, I must have read about him and then put this book in my own voices, but I had no recollection of that at all. So when I opened it and they started talking about it, I it's like, Oh my gosh, what a coincidence, but I don't think it's actually a coincidence. <laughs> I think it's just my memory. But um it's a really weird book. It's very um it's very naively written, I guess. in Innocent. Sort but of I mean that is um she just sort of talks about people she's met whilst investigating it and things, people she forgot to ask questions about and books she forgot to read. just so very, very, she's like, I think I should, I think there was a painting there but I forgot to go and check and that sort of thing. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's, it reads like the notes for a book, but it somehow, it's, it works. It, it shouldn't work. It breaks every rule of our creepers. but it's mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, yes, let's go into the first topic. Uh, reading, reading the end first or last, I guess.
1: Well, yeah, or just, you know, spoilers, Spoil- yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <So it's
0: laughs> The reason, of course, that we have chosen to do uh, well, we asked Jenny to choose a topic and she suggested since her blog and podcast are called Reading the End, that it'd be a, a good way to start but so Jenny, why is it is your blog called Reading the End or sort give you a position? Oh.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um it's because I read the end of books before I read the middle. Um Pause and... for Gasp. <laughs> <laughs> I really think that it's one of those things that people, I think the reason that everyone reads the way they do, instead of the way I do, is just out of habit. I think that they think they're meant to be reading in a certain way that's not objectively better. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as I said that, Simon picked up his pen and started writing furiously. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no. <a> kind of <laughs> like,
0: she is wrong. Anyway, I'll come back to what I originally did. That's, it was neither of those things <laughs>
1: um, but I, I like I don't well number one I hate suspense I don't like surprises Okay.
3: Um, so
1: I don't actually mind if the ending is happy or if it's sad either of those is fine I just like to know what I'm in for so if everyone gets married at the end or everyone dies at the end both of those things are fine <laughs> or both uh, or both yeah. yeah I just like to know um, yeah and it's, I think it's neat from a craft perspective to get a sense um, especially if it's not a book you're going to reread to get a sense of what the author was doing throughout the book and how they were putting the plot together. I like being able to see that um, as I'm reading the book rather than discovering it all at the end. And if there are nasty surprises that are going to mess up the book for me, I'd rather know in advance so I can be prepared as they come along.
0: Okay, before we question and interrogate that, let's say about the same reality. <laughs> Rachel, where do you... Um, yeah,
1: how do you feel about spoilers in general? Well, I mean,
2: I'm horrified by this. <laughs> <laughs> horrified. Um... For me, I mean, I'm the world's most rubbish person at seeing things coming, like whenever I watch a film and um, I'm always the person gasping and, <laughs> and jumping out of my chair, and people are always like, "Come on, surely you knew that, so like, I didn't know <laughs> so I love being surprised and I love all the twists and turns of the narrative, and I get very anxious about what's going to happen to the characters. I mean, I still get stressed every time I read Pride and Prejudice just because it doesn't work out so Um, For me, if I read the end of the book, then most of the pleasure of reading it would be gone for me, because I love the story unfolding and finding things out, and if I already knew what was going to happen, then I guess I wouldn't see the point in reading it, because that's the point in reading it for me, is finding out what's going to happen.
1: But do you never reread?
2: Well, yeah, but I mean, I reread for other things, but I mean, in terms of the first time I read a book, I don't wanna know what's gonna happen at the end. I wanna be surprised.
1: Okay, but don't say it like reading it if you don't say it like knowing the end ruins the reading experience. It clearly well, doesn't No, I mean I mean
2: it depends on the type of book. If you read the I never reread mystery books unless I've had about ten years in between, so I've mm. completely forgotten. Because part of the fun is trying to work it out as you go along. Therefore if I've read the end then I already know what's going to happen. And then I'm not having the fun of thinking, oh, is it Dr. Blah Blah? And then, oh no, maybe it's not him. Maybe it's the spitster in the cottage. Okay. Um, yeah, you I, know,
1: that kind of thing. I don't read the end of mystery books. Uh, uh, detective okay, well, novels was the thing yeah. I was thinking about. I was like, but surely no. <laughs> um, I don't read that many detective novels. I'm just not that excited about them.
2: Um, but I do not read the end of them. Okay. Well, no, that's alright then, actually. No, <laughs> oh, okay. Alright. Yeah. no, <laughs> Simon, what do you
0: think? Well, I think I'm somewhere between the two, leaning more towards Rachel. I think perhaps, <laughs> and um, I don't certainly don't actually seek out spoilers. I also don't particularly enjoy tension in a book, so yeah. I'm sort of just thinking my own grave there. Um, but um, if someone has told me something happens in a book towards the end, it won't put me off reading it. And I don't often read the sort of book where lots of things happen. I guess. <laughs> like... I was
1: going to say, I think you read a lot of more sort of calm, yeah, plot exactly, splits. yeah, yeah.
0: Um, and in fact I did read uh, I just read Rachel Ferguson's A Footman for the Peacock which I enjoyed it was on the far and Middlebrow books um, and I was slightly annoyed I did read the blurb I normally don't read blurbs um, but it did give plots away that led up to maybe page 180 out of 200 it was yeah so if yeah. one had wanted to avoid spoilers for that book it would have been very hard to do so with reading the blurb but um, for me that just made me actually want to keep going on that one I'm not going to say what it was in case people who don't want to know the weird thing that happened with that peacock.
2: I think, you know, for me, I don't mind knowing what's going to happen up to a certain point. I do think sometimes some blurb things take it to to the extreme. Like sometimes I read the back of a book and I think, oh, that sounds really interesting. And then I get to about page 75 and I'm like, well, hang on, that thing on the back hasn't even happened yet. And then you realise that actually that thing that you thought was going to happen by page 10 is actually like the main Thing of the book. It's like when you watch a trailer at the cinema and all the good bits are in there. Oh, yeah. And then you start watching the film and you're like, no, literally all of the good bits are in the trailer. There were five
1: good things.
0: Oh, I do find when I, when I rewatch a trailer after it's in the film, and i like, I did not realize how much this was just a synopsis of the film. Because <laughs> oh I was just like, oh, flashing no. lights. Okay. <laughs> oh, interesting. I don't think I've really done
1: that. Now I kind of want to yeah, just it. see how the marketing choice. Hmm, when you rewatch it and think,
0: oh, I should have worked out the entire part from the trailer. I was <laughs> just too taken up with and they the costumes.
1: Yeah. Well, I. I mean, I think the, the other direction that um, blurbs can go wrong is that I feel like this happens more and more now where people will market the book and they'll say, you shouldn't know anything about this book at all going into yeah, it. And the, yeah. and there won't be any marketing copy to tell you what it's about. It's just like, just read it. Just read <laughs> it. You definitely should. And they make it all about the twists. And then when you actually read them, it's kind of disappointing because they can't live up to how strenuously they've been marketed as important spoilers.
0: I particularly found out with that Karen jo- Joy Fowler book. Mm.
1: We were all good. completely beside ourselves. Thank you. Yeah. yeah that was not, not that good. I loved that book. I super love that book. But, but, I also,
2: the, but the twist came too early.
1: Number one, I knew the twist before I started reading it. That's why I read it. And I think the book's better. And also the twist was obvious. I'm sorry, but it's obvious. I think the book is better. Even I saw that. Book. <laughs>
2: let, let her talk. For itself.
1: <laughs> I think the book's better if you know the quote-unquote twist, which is revealed about a third of the way through the book, yeah. so I wouldn't even call it a twist.
2: But it's an obvious twist. Is it? Yeah. It's I, obvious
0: if you've got the UK cover, which has a picture. Yeah. Well, is yeah, yeah, so well, yeah. <laughs> some is, the, some is the US um, one. I mean, it's,
1: it's small. Mm-hmm. It's like a detail in, the, in a beer. It book. just
2: wasn't that great a book. I liked it
1: a lot.
0: I was pretty under one afraid, well, it. Well, yeah. yeah. but I think, yeah, you, know, pretty you pretty pretty know, you don't yeah. write yeah. the Jane Austen
2: <laughs> book club and then write that and then, you know, it's not... Did you like great. the Jane Austen
0: book club? No, no I
1: didn't like it at all.
0: But that was one way, again, as you say, the marketing seemed to be all about, like, unbelievable diversity. And... Most people found out what it was before they read it anyway, and then be like, if you were just reading for the twist, like in a detection novel, I often am reading for the twist because I get really cross if I get to the end and it's just like, oh, I guess it was, I want to be surprised. Um, and spoilers would make me not read a detective novel, but yeah, with that one, like if you were reading for the twist, then you've got to get through another 200 pages afterwards, where it's just like, no, I know it now, yeah, Yeah. that's
2: frustrating. I mean the only time I will really skip ahead is if I'm really worried about character <laughs> and then I just want to reassure myself that it's gonna be okay.
1: Well that's usually why I read the end. I'll I mean it's not it's not that I need to know every single thing that happens over the course of the book, but as I'm reading I'll think, Oh, I wonder if Rachel turns out okay at the end and then I'll check the end to make sure that Rachel doesn't die or whatever.
0: <laughs> and what do you do if there's no mention of them at the end? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then it's a hint, isn't <laughs> it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, usually
1: if there's no mention of whatever I want to know on the last page. Then I'll keep flipping forward until I find the answer. Okay. So sometimes I'll just read the last page and sometimes I'll read the last four chapters or something oh. at the end. I know. <laughs> it's fine. It's good. I like it.
0: And how far do you get normally before you start looking?
1: Um, it varies a lot. I usually get farther with eBooks because it's harder to actually physically flip to the end. Um, but as soon as I know who all the characters are and what the basic premise of the book is, then I'll usually kind of check the end to see what the, the shape of it's going to be.
0: I always need to know exactly how many pages I have in a book that I'm reading. Like, I need to know what the last page number is. So, whenever I start reading a book, I look at that immediately. And I have to be, because I don't want to read that, I have to be really careful that I'm looking yeah, just at the same. right at the bottom of the page or somewhere <laughs> right around the top, trying to look without catching anyone's names and miming a book here, which is not helpful for a podcast. But, um, but I, yeah, I just get really, I, well, if I realise that I don't know many pages on a book, I can't read any further. I just get like, every, as I keep reading, for feel like I, I just don't know how many there are. <laughs> Which is why I one of the reasons I can't go with the e-books, I need to do. Yeah,
1: I do prefer, I do yeah. prefer physical books, because I do like knowing how much more there is to
0: go. I also just work out page per minute, and then how, long, how many minutes left I have oh. to read. Because I, I work out I read about a page a minute, because obviously font size is different, but it's about that. And so i am like, okay, I can finish this in three hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I've never thought of that. Yeah. No, <laughs> I haven't either. I was say that was an English degree that made me think that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, like, can I finish this before I start writing the essay?
2: Can
1: I finish this before the lecture? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my thinking. You guys are so silly. I had a really good system for uh, not reading the books that, were, that I was set for my English class. So if I ran out of time, I would read um, like one bit in the middle uh, and have something to say about that bit. Like I would think of a comment to make, and then I would make that comment in class when the opportunity arose. And then the whole rest of class, whenever someone else said something, at least twice during the class, someone else would say something, and I would raise my hand and restate what they had just said. <laughs> and then it always seemed as if I had done my work really well.
0: Well, my university did just one-on-one tutorial system, so it was only oh, ever me there. Um, so it was quite hard to hide ignorance in this situation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I each try sometimes. Uh, talking about what you were saying earlier, each not picking up on things, um, mm-hmm. have you guys, have you read We've Always Lived in the Castle? Yes, yes. That's what book I was like, guys, this has an amazing twist. And everyone I've been to is like, Simon, this was not a twist. Like, <laughs> this was obviously on page one. I was just like, guys, come on.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I did see it coming. So I, did. I, I did as well. Yeah. But I did, I mean, so that's the thing. I don't mind if the twist is obvious. That's fine. I just tend to assume the author did it on purpose. The author chose to have a fairly obvious twist. And that was mm-hmm. what I thought. When we <laughs> have always lived in the castle, it's so like, oh, well done, Shirley Jackson. I yeah. did see this coming. You were right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I get to find anyone else who was surprised by that. But I, <laughs> <laughs> I think I've working so hard not to, like, give things that away yeah. to myself that i just become peculiarly stupid wasn't it? <laughs> yeah.
1: I would say though I'm more like Rachel where I don't I don't tend to see things coming if I'm watching no. movies I never have any idea no. what's about to happen <laughs> and if I think I do I'm usually wrong
2: if there's someone gossiping in the cinema it's always me <laughs> <laughs> that's,
1: that's fun nice. though it's nice to go see yeah. movies I think for people yeah. who are, <laughs> have a <travel-like laughs> sense of wonder. <laughs> that's sweet
0: I did do that at Two Gentlemen of Verona? Yes. Um, which I saw in the outdoor theatre a ago and it was quite badly done and quite boring. Aww. I was like, that's why no one does this play. <laughs> and at one point the, the woman who's been dressed as a man throughout takes off her hat and leaves her head, and I decided I'd be we to, to gasp in a very way, <laughs> at one point, which was perhaps the only laugh that the entire production got. <laughs> oh, so sad. <laughs> I did feel bad that I'd ruined them the lines, but be better. <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's so sad I can't bear to hear stories about productions doing badly that's why I never go see stand-up comedy or oh, yeah. Yeah, no, it's, too painful. it's too it's too stressful I'm, I'm so anxious and I feel yeah. so tender towards them and I can't protect them from the cruel world <laughs> and it's even worse if it's a whole theatre troupe oh god <laughs> it's
0: alright it's alright yeah. they, they were loving it well in some ways they're enjoying it far too much <laughs> <laughs> a, yes. they added some bits that were definitely not the original. Um <laughs>
1: but so okay do you guys think it's objectively better to read the book not knowing what happens or do like you think Laurie. it's just <laughs> 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 No no aesthetically
0: okay um
1: because I really no. do think it's a... the thing is like I happened when I was a kid I happened to read the end of a book hmm. um and and enjoyed it a lot and I happened to have a parent who said oh yeah you can read the end it's fine yeah. But that is, I mean, and and that was a pretty minor set of coincidences <laughs> that le- led to me reading this, right? So I don't think there's anything, there's no a priori reason that, you know, not knowing the end is better. I don't think. But what do y'all think?
0: Um, I guess it depends what sort of book it is. I always think that it's best to read a book the way the author wanted it to be read, hmm. I guess, which is why... Death of yeah. the author, though. Well, I know it's like, it's it's so 1910 scholarship, but I <laughs> the table right now. Um, but... I, am not sure I agree definitely with definitely the author. Yeah, I, I no, I actually, I was actually just making fun yeah. of it. I'm like, <laughs> i leave this over here. Sorry? No, I'll leave this over here. I
2: would
1: say. <laughs> <laughs> the first chapter of
0: my thesis was mocking the leaves. <laughs> um, so you, so well, that's certainly something that guides me when I'm writing blog reviews. I don't want to give away anything that I think the author has tried to hide. So I think if the author thinks it's a twist, then I don't want to tell people about it. And for myself, in the same way, I guess I want to read it the way they want it to be read.
1: But, but do you reread? Um,
0: not very often.
1: huh. Um, yeah. interesting.
0: And if I do reread it, it's, it it's, it's books that I, I'm reading for creative purposes. I don't think I only reread things for comfort, basically. Yes. Apart from Persuasion, obviously, that I'm rereading because my book group is doing it. So um, by choice, probably I reread maybe two books a year. Wow. So, that is yeah. so
1: few. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> okay, well, maybe that's part of it because I reread a lot. I reread a lot. I would say. I mean, at least a quarter of my reading is rereading. So,
0: presumably, exactly when you're rereading, yeah. you already know what happens at the end, so you don't need to read the end. Correct.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Unless I don't remember. I mean, unless it's a book that I've read years and years ago, and I don't remember the end. But yeah, if I already know the end, then I don't need to read it.
0: So, what sort of response do you normally get from people to um, re- revealing this? I'm
1: yeah, wondering. horrified gasps. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and what's really unfair, I think, is that when I do not reveal spoilers to people, I try mm-hmm. to be conscientious about that. But when I ask people to tell me spoilers, they won't do it. I would be
0: talking about that. And yeah, I
1: hate please. it. It drives me crazy. They're like, no, I want you to enjoy it. <laughs> but they don't actually want me to enjoy it, because if they did, they would let me read the way I want to read. I went to see um, the movie Speed at, um, I think, McLaren Park in Brooklyn with some friends. And there's a part in the movie where there's some people trapped in an escalator by a criminal. An escalator. There's some people trapped in an elevator by a criminal. And... I asked my friends who I was with, are they gonna survive? And I was really stressed out about it, I was not enjoying the movie, and they wouldn't tell me, and I was I, re- I remain to this day really annoyed about it. Well I can
0: tell. It can't be I will always tell you spoilers. Thank
1: you. Though. Yeah. Well so usually it takes about a year of knowing someone before they're willing to tell me spoilers without putting up a fight. <laughs> wow.
0: I tend just not to remember what's happened to the book I've read. I couldn't tell you
1: spoilers. Well, so do y'all ever seek out Spoilers for anything for TV shows or
2: no, never. I don't want to know. I want to find out. I get very frustrated, for example, when I read a film review and they give away what's happening. I read it to the review to see if it was good and whether I should go and see it, not to find out blow by blow what happens. <laughs> There's no point. I would feel like I've already seen it now. <laughs> um, so, no, I just. No, I'm not into spoilers at all, and I'll try and avoid them. I'll like, cover them up before, <laughs> um, if I want to flick through a book a bit to kind of see what's how many pages I've got left. I'm always frantically uh, trying to just look at the numbers and not the words in case I think <laughs> it's the way. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of agreeing with you in that. I read the right, book. Sorry, exactly in that case, yeah, My doesn't yeah no sorry you can't see us um, I agree with Simon in that um, I want to read it the way the author intended it to be read and stories are written in a linear fashion so I feel like you should read them in a linear fashion
0: my exception here is I do seek out spoilers for soap operas <laughs> <laughs> but then I'm always really with myself because I don't want to know the spoilers but I can't cope in a world where more information about those characters is available and I've not read it <laughs> so it's a in of bitter cycle of like ah, I wish I hadn't found that out Simon. but I need to know more
1: well, okay, what about books where the author in fact reveals something, a major spoiler, before you get into it? Like, did you guys read The Secret History?
2: Yes. Yeah.
1: Okay, well, what about a book like The Secret History where she tells you right in advance that they killed her friend Bunny?
2: Again, yes, I think. But that's the... not the story, though, is it? Sorry,
1: Simon. No. <laughs> well, it is, I think.
0: I think it's because that's the way the author wants you to read it. Okay. No.
1: Yeah, um, you guys are really. Yeah.
0: We're just like we're so soap <laughs> opera. Like, yeah. I have Muriel Spark, I, or Spark um, I don't know which Spark you wrote, know, but she often like throws in yeah. what's going to happen to all the characters really early on. Um, and I, I actually love it when she does it, but I think it's uh-huh. because Zach <laughs> <Jackie. laughs> <laughs> um, But again, I think it's because that's the way she's written it. And I, I didn't realize I was such a yeah. So. so
1: you guys are very, by... very
0: law-abiding. <laughs> well, we are order-muppets. <laughs> <Very, actually. laughs> <laughs> Cross-reference to Jenny's podcast there, if you like. and indeed, you're referencing someone else, I believe, when you talk yes, about. Yes, I was. Well, but... I think
1: I'm quite an order-muppet, but nevertheless, yeah. I, don't, I don't care what the office wants. So it wanted. feels it's
0: quite chaos-muppet thing to do. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> but I really think it's only because that's the habit we've been handed down from, mm. you know, successive generations. I don't think there's anything since writing was invented. Yeah, but. I don't think there's anything <laughs> <laughs> well, since writing was invented that Ilian and the Odyssey. Don't, you know, you're, everyone knows what happens in the Iliad and the Odyssey. That's actually, I mean, actually, do Okay, well, you do. <laughs> everyone in ancient Greek times did. Mrs. Marty Gans. Can. <laughs> <laughs> I say, Greek literature? Clever clogs. Yeah. <laughs> Just because you don't know what's happening in the Iliad and the Odyssey doesn't mean the intended audience didn't know. Well, they all okay, knew exactly. But, you know,
2: stories have, you know, as a teacher, teaching children how to write stories and we talk about how stories are constructed and you start with your introduction and then you build up to the main event and then you have this climax and then you resolve it and then you come down to the end. and Stories are all built along that structure and I think, you know, pretty much... I mean, let's ignore one
0: Listen for a second. Traditional <laughs> <laughs> <A different> story <laughs> yeah, format, sure. yeah.
2: And in fact, it, all stories will fit somewhere into that kind of structure. Some stories have several of those triangles within them, but, you know, that's how stories are meant to be read. You're reading your way to a resolution. If you already know the resolution before you start reading, all that kind of climax and tension and stuff is lost, isn't it?
1: No, not at all. I don't think so at all. I mean, if that's the case, then rereading would be pointless and nobody, or rewatching watching movies, nobody would ever do it, which obviously they do. I think actually it enables me to appreciate the craft more, so I'm able to actually see the work that the author put into it and how they're building the yeah, suspense.
2: I think rereading is different, though, because for me, I, I'm i reading the first time to have a story and to be excited by it and to follow it along, and then the second time I'm reading it just to find the stuff I miss. That's why I love reading Jane Austen time and time and time and time and time time again. Because there's always things that I miss. Like Emma, the first time, I did not see any of that stuff happening. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, it was frack? Spoilers. Spoilers, sorry. And then the second time you read it and you're like, how did I not see that before? And then the third time you see it happening earlier and earlier and earlier. And that's really fun. That's about looking at the craft. For me, I don't really think about the craft the first time. It's, it's subsequent readings that I'd want to, to dig deeper.
1: And that's fine, but I don't think that's, you know, a priori better system, right? It's just the one you're mm. used to, isn't it? It's, it's how I like it, Jenny. <laughs> <laughs> well, the other thing is, I don't like surprises. So Oh, well, then there you are. I like the surprises. The, the first time I go anywhere, I'm very reluctant to do it. Like, my mom and I went to an Italian restaurant the other day, and she had suggested it, and I was like, mm, I don't want to. Let's go somewhere that I've been before. And it was really good, and I'm excited to go back. But I do prefer going to things again rather than going to them for the first time.
2: Yeah. I suppose it's a personality issue then, isn't it? At least partly, it
0: yeah. right? Whereas I don't care whether people don't agree with others. You seem quite angry, right? <laughs> <laughs> Do you feel personally affronted by people doing <laughs> You don't mind other people doing
2: it? No, I think, you know what, if it suits you, I just don't want you to tell me. I don't, I don't. No, I know, that's do. fine. It's the annoying people who are like, oh, well, you know that, um, she dies at the end, don't you? Like, what? Why did you tell me that?
0: <laughs> I did accidentally give away the ending of Jane to someone just because I seemed everyone knew Oh, really come
2: on, that's, no, no, that's fine. fine. If it's a classic, fine. then, yeah. I mean, that's just silly if you don't know. <laughs>
1: I gave away the, um, a, a tragic bit of the Firefly movie to Whiskey Jenny. We had gone to see a completely unrelated movie, and as we were walking out, I told her the end of the Firefly movie, which I thought she had already seen. Uh. But it turned out she hadn't. And, I, I said someone who dies, and I kept walking, and I suddenly turned around, and Whiskey Jenny was no longer by my side. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked back, and she was sort of frozen to the spot with a, with a look of horror on her face.
0: You should protect her. I know. <laughs> I felt so bad. I know. I felt
1: so bad. I still feel bad. I'm sorry, Whiskey Jenny, if you're listening. <laughs>
0: well, let's go to the books' decision making. It's, it's probably not going to be tough to figure to out which <laughs> way we're going to fall on this one. Um, but let's do in turn. Jenny.
1: Yeah, I'm for it. Reading the end,
0: I'm for yeah. it. I am against
1: it. Yeah, I'm against it. Rachel is strenuously <laughs> against it. Just don't agree with that okay? <laughs> Great. For the second
0: half, we're doing two books uh, Dialogue Legs by Jean Webster and Anne of Green Gables by Anne Montgomery, which have in common that they are early 20th century children's books and about orphans. Um, we usually um, do a quick summary and we take one each because there's three of us. I'm going to sidestep this one and ask. <laughs> <laughs> Jenny, uh, pick
2: which, which, which one you'd like to give as a quick synopsis. Oh, no, just don't oh, make it you right Daddy sure
1: Long Legs. Oh, great. Talk. I was going to do Daddy Long right? Legs. <laughs> okay. Okay, so Daddy Long Legs by Jean Webster um, is about a orphan named, an orphan named Jerusha, who um, is the oldest orphan in her orphanage. And one day she learns that a, a tall benefactor man has come to the orphanage and offered to pay for her to go to college. And the only um, condition that he's placed on her collegiate career is that she has to write him letters Regularly, I think once a month, informing her of her progress. So the book is composed of her letters to him, and she nicknames him Daddy Longlegs because the only thing she knows about him is that he's tall. Great, so
2: that was fine. that's fine.
1: Succinct. Thank you. Um, yeah, describe *Anne of Green Gables*. Describe one of the enduring classics. <laughs> <laughs> Could you for us, real quick? <laughs> um, so *Anne of Green Gables*
2: is about another orphan called Anne. Um, and it, the book is set on um, Prince Edward Island in Canada, which I've always wanted to go to because it sounds so beautiful in the books.
1: Whiskey Jenny was just there. Oh, was she? Yeah, she sent me an Anne of Green Gables postcard. And apparently if you send it from the specific post office in the Anne of Green Gables area, they stamp it with um, a postmark that has a little Anne of Green Gables silhouette.
2: I, know. Yeah, I know. That's amazing. Oh. Yeah.
1: That's, I mean, oh, I want
2: to go... So anyway, she comes to live with Marilla and Matthew by mistake, because Matthew and Marilla have asked for a boy to help them out, um, and, because they're elderly, I mean, it says they're elderly, they're only in their 60s, but they're made out to be as if they're practically a guest store, (laughs) um, and so initially they are very upset, and, well, Marilla, more than Matthew, upset by the arrival of this spunky, uh, red-haired girl who talks too much and, um has obviously got no experience of doing any any work and initially they want to send her back to the orphanage but then um they keep her and it's the story of them and Anne and her friendships and going to school and getting to know the community and getting into scrapes as (laughs) everyone girls always do um and yes very endearing wonderful classic thank you very much babe
0: um so when do you guys first read these books
1: um, I probably read them both around the same time. I was probably seven to nine kind of age range when I read them.
2: Well, I came to them a lot later. I didn't read Anna Green Gapers till I was about 17, I think. And then Daddy Longs I read when I was in New York, so I must have been 24.
1: Did I make you read it? I think you told me about it, and I read <laughs> it at a strand. <laughs> oh gosh, I hope that we discovered. it. Oh, I loved it. Oh, no, I really loved <laughs>
0: it. And I read Daddy Di- 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 after you read it, Rachel. Oh. Um, so I must have been about same age or a yeah. bit older than that. Um, so 25. And I read Anne of Green Gables two years ago when I was 29. So wow. I came to it super late. Um, and my excuse for that, which I was giving earlier to, to Jenny, um, was that I only read the blighton as a child. And so but I'm really sure read this is my mum's favourite book, a favourite children's book. She, my mum is called Anne. I have spelt the correct way with a young man. And, you know, like most bookish Intelligent young girls, she saw a lot of herself in, in, in Anne. Um, not having been a books intelligent young girl, I still managed to see um, <laughs> someone I would have had a lot of in, in come up with at that age. Um, um, and yeah, well, let's start, let's start with Hannah Green Gables, why not? Um, I'm going to come with the shocking, um, unusual proclaim that it's a brilliant book, which you know, everyone surely agrees with. <laughs> anyone dislike Hannah Green Gables? I don't know. But um, it was exactly what I thought it would be, despite no, absolutely nothing about it.
1: Uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not the hugest fan of Anna Green Gables, actually. Just come on this podcast
0: and <all> your controversial
1: <laughs>
0: Do you like puppies?
1: <laughs> I'm a very big fan of puppies. Kittens yeah. kind of freak me out, though. What? <laughs> yes.
0: Do you like the queen? <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess. You know, she's fine. Um, Yeah, I I read uh, Emily of New Moon when I was a bit younger. Oh, that's good. And I greatly preferred Emily of New Moon to Anne of Green Gables. Anne of Green Gables doesn't really have much of a sense of humor, which I find annoying. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, it's fine. I haven't really reread it a lot, Anne of Green Gables. So you
0: think the last time you read it was around sort of nine? No,
1: no, no. I've I've probably, probably the most recent I reread it would be like 16 or 17. So I don't think I've reread it in adulthood, at least not in its entirety um so, but i mean yeah i don't dislike it it's not my favorite though we're Rich. gonna we're, i'm gonna come
2: down on the daddy long legs at the end it was lovely when i read it i just was i mean i saw a lot of myself in her and um i just thought it was the most charming book it made me cry it made me laugh and i just thought she's such a wonderful character and she's so different to you. having read a lot of, of victorian books when i was growing up and They're all very sickly sweet and the girls are always perfect and all like, you know, fall off swings and paralyze themselves (laughs) and then spend the rest of the book doing good deeds for people and uh, what books are you talking about <laughs> you know. i actually
3: have of name books <laughs> have you
2: not read what katie did i haven't
0: actually
2: well there did we are does she paralyze herself on i was yeah it's ridiculous i'm oh. talking <laughs> you know, pollyanna and things like that oh yeah. they're always very much Again, about yeah read,
0: right, um, okay, yeah, okay by <laughs> no girl. one paralyzes themselves
1: on yeah well, no. pollyanna was quite like that yeah and
2: like, there's lots of these like yeah exactly didactic books about girls who are very good and very sweet and they suppress all of their desires to do what's right and reading this book that's very ahead of its time and showing a girl who is intelligent and funny and clever and has ambitions for herself and wants to go to college and wants to be a writer. And it's just lovely in that respect that she's allowed to be those things. And it's not seen as something negative. It's like, wow, isn't she amazing? She's got all these talents and she's going to go out there and do them. And even though there's a love story, which, you know, inevitably there must be, um, it's she's not reliant on that. And, and the last story
0: comes in the later it books. It comes
2: in, more, in the later books, lovely. absolutely. And it's just lovely. And it's also lovely about female friendship and the relationship between her and her adoptive parents is lovely and about how, you know, people make judgments about people. It's, it's quite moral, but not in a shove-it-down-your-throat way in the sense that people make judgments about people and actually often they're proven to be wrong. And it's just really lovely about how the whole community is is changed by her coming to it which is lovely
0: I think although I'm not nearer in my 60s than I am near her I'm <laughs> re- re- reading it not as a child I was really drawn to Matthew most of yeah. such a lovely character and, I, and we talked obviously we were talking about Gilead and John Ames and Gilead oh, yeah. and was yeah. Harding in the, in the Warden and the thousand Towers and those books they're, they're sorts of just like very good very gentle mm. men in books I just find like I just want to be like them and, and in real life they'd be incredibly annoying because they're not funny and like they don't make sense if you but um, but in books they I, I just love reading about them and it's nice when it's not. I like in this but that it's sort of a gender um, swap. Is not like the the gruff man who doesn't want her; he's the one who wants her more, and he's the one who creates that really close bond with her, which I enjoy.
1: Yeah, it's yeah, sweet. And you know, he sticks
2: up for her. And you'd think that Marilla would be the motherly character who would be, oh no, we'll keep her, we love her. But she's very hard on her, and Matthew is. I love how he's. He's kind of like the granddad who slips you sweets yeah. mm. um, when you've been told you can't have them, um, and it's yeah, it is lovely and unexpected. And you know, obviously, I won't say anything more. But um, well, I think you kind of have said something. <laughs>
0: it was sad how he was happy for <laughs>
1: Well, I but it is very charming the way he's sort of bemused by her, yeah. but but um, mm. but really really likes her yeah. from the get go. That's really nice. That's yeah. Sweet.
0: One thing I did find weird in that book um, was that resentment that she has for Gilbert Wright that just she forgives everyone else and she's constantly going on about forgiveness, but not him, not because he teased her once. It's like,
1: doesn't he pull her hair? Something like that. Yeah. yeah. I have is not... That, is that a line that you <laughs> cannot cross? Cross, the line. Um, yeah, I had long hair as a kid, and I haven't forgiven people who pulled my hair when I really <laughs> pulled I really haven't. I'm not kidding. I remember their first <laughs> and last names, and if I ran into them, I'd be like, oh, you pulled my hair? Let's not talk.
0: I'm now wondering if I pulled people's hair, because I would have completely forgotten that. <laughs> probably out there, we've got little dolls with me that are in right now. But I think what's certainly that book is because she is so... I mean, she is not Pollyanna, but she's not not Pollyanna as well in some ways is very like here are the good things to do and I'll do them because they're good sometimes yeah and once she goes on about it's forgiveness but she has a I mean obviously it's set up for the whole like
3: yeah, you, know, you know
0: romance of opposite sort of thing but um that's set so but, uh, but other than that it's just yeah I just felt completely charming and I did cry and I almost never cry at books um, oh, I, I can't even remember why I cried I was just reading my blog review about it and I've written that I cried willing to believe past me <laughs> 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 who knows why um
2: well, it's about a I cry all the time at books and I you know, again, I didn't see what happens happening. Um, so it's all very cho- shocking and upsetting.
0: We do normally give spoilers so we can yeah. launch where you can
1: give one if you like. Well Matthew dies.
2: Um <laughs> I'm just gonna say
1: it. And it's very sad. It so is it's sad. I didn't cry, but it
2: is sad. Um, I did cry because I didn't expect that to happen and I should have expected it to happen because every Edwardian and Victorian children's book involves death in some <laughs> respects. Um but it was you know, it still doesn't stop it from being a lovely book. Because his impact on her is lasts. Lifelong. Lifelong. Yeah. Hmm. I mean it's
1: emotional just thinking about it.
0: So why do you prefer Emily of New Moon? Or Emily of New Moon. Emily
1: of New Moon. Um I think well partly maybe I was just being contrary, I'm not really sure. <laughs> um but also Emily of New Moon is kind of a jerk a little bit more okay. than more than Anne is. Because Anne's very kind of sunny and always trying to get people to like her. Hmm. And Emily doesn't care as much if people like her. Yeah. And she's also very committed to her. Uh, her the main thing about her is that she's a writer, and that's true from page one yeah. with Emily of New Moon. Whereas Anne, eventually in later books, uh, spoilers I guess, <laughs> uh, gives up writing and sort of sticks with just being um, not just being but sticks with being a, a, a mother and wife. I agree.
2: Yeah.
1: yeah, which is fine. Um, but I just identified more with Emily mm. on that in that regard, yeah. um, and I and I find her funnier as well, Emily than Anne.
2: I do uh, like the later books, I have to say. Yeah, it feels like. Ellen Montgomery bowed down to the pressure to mm. you can't have an independent woman. She's going to have to get married and have children and yeah. do nothing else with her life.
1: I liked the first three. I liked Anne reasonably well. I liked Anna of yeah. Anna Gables, Anne of Avonlea, and Anne of the Island. And then well, I, once I'm pretty much out. After. Yeah. <laughs> like
2: once she becomes a wife and mother, her personality just goes. And I'm not saying um, that's not the reality. I know plenty of women who are wives and mothers, and you know they they continue to be interesting people. But and it kind of stops being yeah. interesting in any respect and she also stops having any ambitions for herself which i don't think is true when you have children you don't stop having dreams for yourself at the same time but she's just like i've got my children and my husband and that's all i want
1: yeah it's just about it becomes more about morality with her yeah. after that it's like she's she's the one teaching lessons so, yeah yeah
2: and it's like, but that's never what you said you wanted so what happened to all that it's like did you have a memory lapse um at <laughs> or um so yeah it's a bit i got disappointed towards the end but the first book i adored
0: Cool, dead long legs, mm. Well, I'm, I'm going to confess on myself I don't remember that much about it. Well. <laughs> no, likewise, I have and I, to say. I, and I chiefly remember finding it quite creepy, I'm afraid. But, oh, uh, interesting. Yeah, I think partly though, like, why is this mystery here in the first place? Why are you not responding to the letters? Why do you have to fall in love with someone you're calling daddy? Yeah, you're not
1: wrong. <laughs> <laughs> There's many levels here. Yeah. Take, take
0: this point in turn, or disregard them altogether.
1: <laughs> No, I mean, that's true. There's a, there's a troubling, uh, element too. Because I, I, and I don't think this is, I don't think this is much of a spoiler because I think it's pretty obvious even to very young me. Um, sh- Judy, the main character, um, makes friends with her roommate's cousin, Jervis. Um, and they have sort of some adventures together during her holidays. And at the end of the book, you find out that Jervis is actually the mysterious benefactor. And they fall in love and get married. Hooray, I guess. But, but it is, I mean, Simon's, Simon's correct. It's weird that she's been writing him letters calling him daddy this whole time, and then and then they're going to get yeah. married. It's weird. Um, but I love that it's epistolary. I love epistolary mm-hmm. novels. Um, I love school books. So, I don't know. This is one of my favorite books from childhood. I, I read this one a lot. I reread it a lot. Mm. Oh. What do you
0: think,
2: Rachel? I mean, I really enjoyed it, but I mean, certainly I've never heard of it before I came to America, and I don't really think no. it's been much published in the UK
1: surprised that y'all suggested it as a thing to read along with Green Gables but I guess this all originates with me actually because it sounds like I bullied you into reading it and then Simon (laughs) 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 read it from your review but I
2: remember really enjoying it I thought that the voice of um, Judy is so fun and lively and fresh and it was a different. I've never read a children's book that's been done in the ep- epistolary style either, which is kind of nice to mm, mm. to have something a bit different. And that whole orphan thing where she's writing to her benefactor again—it's quite unique in the style of it. So I really enjoyed it, and I—I I didn't. I, mean, I don't find it. Cre- I didn't find it kind of creepy. Yeah. Um, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> right, I think Mister Nightly Nearer is completely acceptable. Yeah. Whereas yeah. right, you yeah. find it creepy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No, no one can predict who they'll fall in love with, Simon.
1: They can, actually. There's this thing called the Westermark effect. <laughs> if you know someone, well, this doesn't apply to um, Daddy Longlings, but it does apply to Anna. If you know someone before you're five, you're not going to fall in love with them because you'll think of them as a man. Oh. oh, really?
0: Which brings me back to the secret history I need to talk to you maybe off the <laughs> about how cross I am about twin in oh, books. Yeah, <laughs> <That's>, yeah. Twinsets. <laughs> Twinsets. yeah third, I would be as well. It's the third Twinsets book I read that year. It's I thought like that outrageous. was a book. That's really annoying. In real life, no. <laughs> <laughs> the books are like twins. That's basically lovers, right? right? Like, no, actually. It's sort of the opposite.
1: <laughs> um. So, I, would, I would leave all that in. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> None of Twin Cest yeah. <laughs> So did y'all read did either of you read the sequel to Your Enemy?
2: No.
0: I didn't know no, no. I did know there was one because I remember you read that you wanted there to be a sequel and then someone in the comments about like there is a sequel.
2: Yeah. And then I didn't read it.
1: Yeah, it's not exactly a sequel. Um there's a well, there's a second book where Judy's college friend Sally gets um gets picked to run to take over the orphanage where Judy grew up and reform it and make it not suck. And so it's all her letters to Judy about the reform she's doing at the orphanage and also some letters to the, um, you know, gruff Scottish doctor who works there. I'm a surprised. <laughs> I don't want to spoil anything for you about what happens to them. But, uh... <laughs> um, but it's, it's also very charming. Um, the only thing is there's some weird, very jarring uh, eugenics stuff in it. Right. Oh, <laughs> right. So it's overwhelmingly really sweet, but then you'll be reading along, and she'll be like, uh, "Alcoholics should definitely be sterilized, though." <laughs> yeah. the good of just FYI, <laughs> <be. laughs>
0: that's so 1920s, so isn't it? You're like you're just ambling along, and then what's going it's like, "Oh, eugenics, eugenics <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah." But down along I don't think has any ha- any hint of that. Oh, yeah, I, no, I, just, <laughs> no,
0: I don't really remember it. No, I don't remember reading general.
2: anything uncomfortable in it. <laughs> yeah, other
0: what well, you don't find creepy. I did really enjoy her tone of voice, and especially her writing about literature, going yeah, yeah. like not having read. And much to show when she was in the orphanage to then going and discovering it all. Um, and, yeah, you know, I just always love books about books, or books about readers, or books uh, anything, any novel which talks about, another novel in it, love it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, but she's like, I quite like this Shakespeare guy, you should yeah. check him out. <laughs> <laughs> if you read Hamlet, it's good. <laughs> I think,
1: I think she might be the one, and I always say this because I think it's so funny, she's reading Shakespeare for one of her classes, and she says, Something like that. She says, Oh, yeah, he's quite good. I always suspected him of coasting on his reputation.
0: She <laughs> does, yeah, love it. It's <laughs> so there's a lot of, there's a lot wittier book.
1: Yeah. Yes, yeah. To...
0: yeah. Um, it is very funny. I found it less heartwarming, but, but certainly a lot more amusing.
1: Well, I found it heartwarming in a different way because the ending is a bit, a bit grody, but it is heartwarming to see her kind of blossoming into a person who. Yeah you know, has read all the things and gets to do adventures rather than her quite circumscribed life at the orphanage.
0: And I think if he had turned out to be a Matthew Vigga, where she'd like, did she just meet this lovely father figure afterwards, that, I'd have loved that. Like, I'd um it's the fact that they have to make it a romance They, She had to make it a romance. <laughs> just, I don't know why it seemed out of kilter with what came before.
2: Yeah. But I think at the time it would have been less of a shocking thing, because at, in the Victorian and Edwardian periods, older men did marry much younger women, and
1: All those
3: ward things, people marry Yeah,
2: I mean, it was more of a cultural thing.
0: You
2: learn to love me. No. No. I decided I was going to marry you ever since the moment you were born. And, you know, it's not considered strange or creepy, is it? I mean, let's think about St. John and Jane in Jane Eyre. I mean, it's like, we cousins, yeah, that's, but let's that's, get married.
1: That's the romance Jane, that everyone was rooting yeah.
0: for. <laughs> I mean, Jane is a who's who are terrible prospects yeah. in that book. Yeah, number one, they didn't like, know
1: they were cousins, and number yeah. two, no one's rooting for them to get together,
0: so. I mean, if I had to pick between him and Rochester, definitely him. Yeah. But, you know, oh, I like, is no. the worst.
1: No, well, he's just weird, St. John. He's a bit I mean, innocent. he's not
0: great, but he's yeah. not a big of Well, no, <laughs>
2: true.
1: I mean, Yes, but his wife is crazy. Yeah, so he not can. a good enough reason to commit bigamy. <laughs> <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so, so now we know in this situation, Simon run run away to the Moors as well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay. oh, she's just gone to university and <laughs> married someone ten years later.
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's she probably... That is wiser, probably
0: yeah. huh. um, So why is it that you think about orphans that makes for so many children's books?
2: Oh, because kids love reading about people who don't have parents.
3: That's just you restating have, the question. You have <laughs> power. You have power. Yeah.
2: You don't have to... You've got no authority over you, and it's kind of like that childish fantasy of if my parents weren't here, what would I do? Mm-hmm. And, you know... I think
0: that works in a situation where she's, like, in a horrible orphanage. Well,
1: well she's think. she's not emotionally accountable to anyone, so mm-hmm. she doesn't, there's no one at home worrying about her. Mm-hmm. I think that's the thing. It's the freedom from the parental yeah. worry, not the rules. And it's that idea yeah. that
2: they've got something to escape from, and there's yeah. no... Ties to the place either. It's like they're not going to feel bad about running away. They're not going to feel guilty mm-hmm. about doing it. It's and it's like you know, child against the system, isn't it?
1: Yeah,
2: really against the man. Yeah, oh, yeah.
1: it's like on the road for the yeah. for the little baby. <laughs> 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 and I think read, all children
2: have you... fantasies, don't they? About you know, what would it be like if my if I didn't have parents and I
1: run my own? Yeah, Just... <laughs> what would
2: what would happen? You know, I used to fake. I used to run away all the time when I was a kid. Did you, know, you? to the park? <laughs> and then come, come back a couple of hours later and then realise that no one had noticed I'd gone. Oh, Yeah.
0: So I was obviously awesome. like slightly, like in a way, but I was obviously slightly clingier. And I had like, what if a whole house got lifted up when somewhere else, they were around so we're on our own, but I still had my teddy bears and my family and my cats. Because <laughs> like, I needed them. I didn't want to be without them. But. No, I loved it. <laughs>
3: oh, I, I always <laughs> had a
2: backpack packed in the corner of the room. And I'd be like, oh, I'm running away. Your friend's would be like, fine. No. Well, Let's then my, I'd come back and my mum would be like, dinner's ready. And I was like, mum, have you, you noticed that I ran away for two hours? And she'd be like, no, you've been gone for 20 minutes, darling. Yeah. And I could always see you at the bottom of the garden. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. It's hard to get too much danger in you know, rural
0: camps. Kind of oh, no, it's suburban, suburban. Kind of yeah, suburban a bit more Yes, suburban yeah. dangerous. <laughs> Not really. <laughs>
2: Apart from the occasional flasher when, you know, you're walking the dog, we did have a neighbourhood flasher, but other than that... yeah. It's so glad
3: yeah. you brought it up.
2: Yeah. Nasty. yeah, yeah. No. suburbs so can be dangerous too guys I'm not that sheltered But
0: well, they couldn't really do that much anyway because we were allowed to just wander off on our own anyway being like yeah. village in the middle of nowhere
2: well you know I was uh, able to wander when I was sharing you know these just days
0: just
2: it yeah you know mm-hmm. running away back. or mm-hmm. climbing a tree normally or investigating something I only I ideas of investigating yeah. stuff for sure investigating yeah. on my bike.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and orphans can investigate anything. They yeah. can investigate murder mysteries yeah. and no one's there to say, oh, it's yeah. too dangerous. Uh,
2: yeah, there's no right. one to stop them. And also that fact that you haven't got a fat... You've got an authority figure who's looking after you, but they don't care about you. So mm. you can go off and, and get yourself into danger and get up to all sorts of naughty things and you're not going to get... In trouble in the same way you would if you had a parent at home. I think.
0: And I guess in the characters tend to not be orphaned, but parents who are really negligent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. completely
2: negligent. Yeah. at a conference <laughs> or um you know just on holiday and have yeah. left you at home <laughs> with, a, with a fridge fine. full of food and you know two pound notes and um, you're uh-huh. expected to be fine. That's is that what happens in the Enlightenment books? All
1: in the Blighton mm-hmm. books are the same. Oh.
0: They tend to be left with a loaf of bread and we yeah. will be fine for a month. I be- well, was reading just... a Persephone book. Um, you read uh, The Children Lived in a and by really Eleanor Graham, which is, um.
1: It sounds wonderful. Yeah, it is it's wonderful. It's from about this period, is it? Or maybe even
0: earlier, it's is the 30s, it? I think. No, um, <coughs> <laughs> And then um, they're in by accident, I can't Yeah, their
2: parents about. are caught in a plane crash or something. And then oh, they yeah, conveniently lose their memories for a long time. Oh.
0: And so the children are supposed to be being picked up by someone or something but someone yeah. doesn't work out so they had to live in a bun yeah. um, and they, they have a lovely time the first thing they yeah. do I think is like paint it white and like yeah. dust or something because that's yeah. the, the yeah. essentials
2: and what I love is that like no authority figure steps in it's like the teacher at school knows that their parents haven't come back but she's like what the hey so the kids <laughs> just left to fend for themselves yeah. and well, bearing in mind the oldest one's like 11 or something
1: you <laughs> <laughs> like
0: maybe the committee tries to get them go yeah. into an orphanage or something they're like no we're fine they're like okay then fine
1: was yeah.
0: another time. Yeah. Although I wonder if it was. I like, did, did that happen in the thirties? Maybe it did. I don't
1: know, who knows?
2: But yeah, there's very much a tradition in English children's fiction, not of orphans, but of children whose parents are just conveniently not there. Yeah. For long stretches of time. Which I guess is
0: most children's experience in yeah. at least upper and upper middle class households well, where yeah. they didn't see their parents except for like, you know, in a half an hour of bedtime something.
1: No. Oh yeah.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That makes yeah. sense. Or spent yeah. most of the time at boarding school. Ugh, yeah. And oh yeah, like I, those love, I love boarding school books I love reading about
1: boarding yeah. school books no.
0: really Yeah, I, would, I wouldn't want to go to nightmare. one But
1: that yeah. is why I like Daddy Long legs a lot Because it's it's not boarding school, but it's a residential college not so
0: Does she do much, trying to work out who Daddy Long Legs is? It? I can't remember
1: No, she doesn't do anything she, No uh, curiosity at all <laughs> Well, she asks a few questions about him throughout the course of the book But she doesn't seem that bothered when she, no, the right. questions aren't answered yeah. like, Sometimes she'll get mad about it But then the next letter she's like, oh well here
0: we are, anyway. <laughs> you know, she was past it pretty quickly. Yeah, I guess otherwise the book would finish. Interesting. Wow, well, which one are you going to choose then?
2: Wow. I mean, for me, it's Anne of Green Gables because it's beautiful and heartwarming, and just Anne is such a wonderful character. She's larger than life. I'm
0: um, also thinking Anne of Green Gables, Patty, just because I really loved it, Patty, because it's nice having it in common with my mum. Oh, mm-hmm. That's nice.
1: <laughs> Okay, well, I'm, I'm being contrarian
0: to picking down your long legs. <laughs> um, so they gave, well, with more than t- two people on the podcast, we actually can have decisive winners, yeah. which is exciting. Yeah, the host <laughs> has <win. laughs> yeah, been very hospitable. Um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Oh, thanks Jeff. for having
2: thanks me. This is fun. Thanks yeah. for flying here, especially. <laughs> yes, podcast only
0: for started. podcasts, absolutely. Visa's <laughs> <laughs> available for that very reason. Um, and yes, next episode we'll hopefully be talking about Chatterton Square and Miss Mulber, E.H. Young. Yes. Um we don't know what we're doing in the first half, we never do. Um We'll find something. <laughs> uh, until next time, thanks for listening. Bye! Bye! Bye.
3: Bye.